0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we've got a blockbuster show. I mean it. Two, not one, but two big newsmaker interviews back to back. So buckle your seatbelt, put on your bike and helmet. We're going for a wild ride through the news landscape. Joining me first. Is the former United Nations ambassador, the former national security advisor to President Trump, Ambassador John Bolton's here. We're going to talk about all things Russia, the latest developments, the weakness of the United States, and even fumbling a freebie from our great ally, Poland, in Eastern Europe. Uh, he's going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we could have done, what we still can do to try to push the bully army of Vladimir Putin back and to end this horrific attack on the Ukrainian people. That's going to be a really robust discussion. Then right after that, a few seconds after that, we're going to bring on Congressman Kevin Brady from the great state of Texas. He is the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee, one of the most powerful committees in Congress because it controls the purse strings. And he's going to break news on the show. It's going to start right here on this show. Congressman Brady is going to talk about a behind-the-scenes effort that has reached agreement to get bipartisan legislation to overrule President Biden and to punish Russia with a measure that most Americans think any other president would have done. But Joe Biden has been holding out, not doing it. Congressman Kevin Brady, ranking Republican House Ways and Means Committee, he's going to light up the sky with some big news as well. So we've got a great show ahead of us and we want to get right to it. But before we do... I want to make sure that you saw the story I promised a few days ago. We put together the 20 most compelling episodes exposing fraud, illegalities, and irregularities in the 2020 election. Very specific stuff. If one of your friends says, ah, you're part of the big lie, you're not telling the truth, you're going to say, well, listen, here, look, look at this document. This is an indictment from U.S. prosecutors in Michigan showing that Iranians hacked into a state database and stole 100,000 voters' identities. You probably never heard that because the mainstream media doesn't cover it. It's in this story. You might have heard Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers say, it's outrageous. We don't need an investigation of our 2020 election in the dairy state. Well, guess what? Since he uttered those words, not one, but two separate courts have concluded that Wisconsin election regulators illegally changed rules in the 2020 election, meaning tens of thousands of ballots that were cast were done so in an unlawful manner, either by exempting voter ID that wasn't allowed or by putting them into mobile ballot boxes that were not lawful under state law. That's a big deal, right? In Georgia, well, you've got a really significant admission of an ongoing ballot harvesting case in Georgia, followed by the fact that we found in Fulton County widespread mismanagement, miscounting, failures. We got it through FOIA in that there. So as you look through this, you're going to find really specific. Here's the great thing about the story. You don't have to take my word for anything. You go to the dig in tool. Every one of the 20 episodes that we highlight, every one of them shows There's a document, there's a ruling, there is an indictment, there is a report, an official government report. These are not things that people are just making up and making claims. They're all government documents that prove each one of these irregularities, illegalities, frauds occurred. You don't have to take my word for it. And, you know, when you put them all together, and you realize that it's much bigger a problem than what the media has talked about, you also begin to understand why almost half of America now doesn't believe in the legitimacy of the last two presidential elections. That's a problem for the country that's supposed to be the gold standard for constitutional republics built on democracy. We're supposed to be that shining city on the Hill. And instead we have some of the most serious problems we've ever seen. If you watch my TV show last night with the amazing Amanda head, secretary of state, Ken Blackwell was on Janelle Branchon, the state representative from Wisconsin who oversees the election integrity committee and in their, her assembly, your house state house. They both talked about the fact that much work needs to be done. We are not safe. We're not ready For 2022 or 2024, there could be a repeat in some of these states of the very things that's in this top 20 list. I hope you enjoy it. It's a great read. It's detailed, it's long, so prepare yourself for a long read. But here's the good part the next time one of your friends says, ah, that election stuff is hooey, you're going to be able to say, oh, no, no. Look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. Because all the documents that underlie each of these 20 episodes are in your hands now, thanks to Just the News. Check it out. I hope you enjoy the story. We've had a lot of other fun things, but that's certainly my favorite and most important story of the day, and we hope you enjoy it as well. All right, we're going to take that quick commercial break when we come back. First up, Ambassador John Bolton here to talk about all things Russia, Ukraine, the Biden foreign policy, if there is one, and the sort of ambiguity and flubs that this administration has had on the world stage. Coming up next, and then right after that, Congressman Kevin Brady from the great state of Texas, ranking member of House Ways and Means here to break some news about an impending deal on Capitol Hill that repudiates another part of the Biden uh, foreign policy on Russia, overrules them, and moves towards a solution that most Americans want. Let's punish Russia a little bit more for its horrible aggression, its horrible war crimes, its horrible killing of innocent Ukrainian civilians. All right, we'll be right back after the commercial break. First up, John Bolton. kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Joining me right now, I'm very proud to have this guest on, the former United Nations ambassador and the former National Security Advisor to the President, John Bolton. Ambassador Bolton, great to have you on.
1: Glad to be with you again.
0: We're in an amazing moment in history. We have a war in Europe, and our president and our allies seem to be talking past each other. This episode with the Polish MiGs, where our allies want to give Ukraine some airplanes, and the Biden administration steps in and said, we're not going to let you do that. What's going on there?
1: Well, it's very confused, but I think the administration uh, uh, missed a big opportunity here Uh, and and they missed it, I think, because of uh, confusion in their own strategy. Obviously, the Ukrainian Air Force has suffered a significant number of losses in its capacity. Uh, It's inflicted considerable damage on the Russians. I mean, the the Ukrainian overall performance is fantastic. But part of the problem is Russia's military is much bigger and it's got it's got more assets. So the ability to provide planes that Ukrainian pilots can fly immediately, MiGs, which they've grown up training on, is very important. And what seems to be the fear in the Biden administration is that if we allow Ukrainian pilots to fly these planes from Poland or Germany into Ukrainian airspace, that that would make Vladimir Putin displeased. Uh, and it may, I hope it does make him displeased, <laughs> but it does not follow from that, that, you, that, that the conflict escalates and, and brings NATO in. Because if that's the case, then maybe we'd better start stop shipping Javelin, anti-tank missiles and other weapons, which by the way, also cross borders to get into Ukraine. And which can inflict uh, heavy casualties on the Russians. So there's a disconnect, as I say, in the administration's rhetoric and its actions. And unfortunately, the Polish uh, MiG airplane uh, scenario is not the first time we've seen that disconnect. And it's led to uh, fissures within the alliance and and ineffective leadership by the US uh, in, in many other contexts.
0: Yeah, it seems like they have a hard time defining the strategy. I mean, when you listen to the Secretary of State or you listen to Jen Psaki or the president, it moves every day and the Congress seems to be able to move the president. He wouldn't uh, embargo oil all of a sudden. He did that when he realized he was going to lose here. Do you think the next move that he makes is to uh, cut off normal trade relations? Would you support that? Do you think that's the right next move?
1: Yes. And, and, and this this really is a repetition of, of the point that their their strategy is not well focused. You'll, you'll recall before Russia actually invaded, uh, Biden said repeatedly this will be met with severe, swift, unified sanctions. Well, that's not what happened. There were some sanctions that were agreed to, uh, but they were they were insufficient. These were the these were the sanctions that were threatened against Putin that failed to deter him to begin with. And that was our basic problem, is that we, we don't want a war where we're sanctioning Russia. We're not happy about that as a scenario. We wanted no war. We wanted we wanted Russia to, to believe that the cost that would be inflicted would be so severe they could not possibly benefit from invading. And we failed. And every day this war goes on, we continue to fail. Uh, and now the options are increasingly limited by things Biden has done and by European recalcitrance. For example, in the energy sector, which is, let's be clear, this is 30% of Russia's gross national product and 60% of its export earnings. I think it may have been John McCain, but somebody who once said, Russia's just like a a big country that's a gas station, not really a country. Uh, (laughs) So if we we really went hard against Russia's energy sector, uh, that would be the kind of application of economic power uh, that the, I think would, would affect Vladimir Putin, but the Germans don't want to do it. Other Europeans don't want to do it. How could this not have been talked through with the allies beforehand? How could we now uh, be this, this united? There's, there's pain being imposed on Russia. There's no doubt about it. But, and I've been a big advocate of sanctions for many years. We've done similar kinds of sanctions against Iran, against North Korea, against the Maduro regime, Venezuela. Those regimes are still there still a problem for us. And, and we're in a similar, uh, not exactly the same, of course, but a similar situation now with Russia.
0: Yeah, it's a remarkable moment in history. And the, I think it, the chapters are still to be riven. You're sitting here at the president, you're going to give him some advice. How do you navigate, given all the missteps, how would you navigate from this point
1: forward to try to get this war over? Well, I think you've got to increase the, the pressure of the sanctions. I think enforcement is critical. You know, if sanctions best day is the day they're announced, and then the target starts to try and mitigate it. You've got, to, you've got to drive a stake through the heart of the energy sector. I'd put a complete travel ban on all Russian citizens. And I would, at a minimum, consider a no-fly zone in the western part of Ukraine for humanitarian purposes, because the one thing that doesn't get enough attention, we now have— perhaps two and a half million Ukrainians, mostly women and children, who have crossed borders into Poland and other nearby countries, another million internally displaced. This is a huge human tragedy, and I fear it's going to get worse. If we could help stabilize the population flows, not not be involved on the military side, I think it's worth doing. And if we simply say that might irritate Mr. Putin, again, we're, we're giving it to him for free. Let's think about this very carefully. Doing one thing... It doesn't lead inexorably to all-out war in Europe. It just doesn't. That's what we're doing now, providing intelligence, providing javelins, providing cyber warfare assistance. So Putin's got his pretext if he wants general war, and, and he shouldn't bluff us into inaction.
0: Yeah, that's a, such a great point. When you look at the world stage, you've got Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, uh, Zelensky, uh, three very different approaches to the war. Zelensky looks like Churchill, uh where does uh where does Boris Johnson it seems like Boris Johnson's more aggressive
1: than our own president I have to say I think uh, Boris Johnson and his cabinet Liz Truss the foreign secretary Ben Wallace the defense secretary pretty Patel their homeland security uh, minister are doing a great job I think uh they they are more concerned about uh, the future relationship with uh, Non-NATO members in Europe as a whole than the Biden administration is. I think they've thought this through more carefully, uh, and and so I'm I'm glad they're out of the European Union and can can operate independently. And I just wish we were uh, we were more forceful from the U.S. side. Yeah, for sure.
0: Germany always the shiny toy of the European Union, but always the weakest when it comes to security. Uh, some of their moves seem to be half-hearted. Uh, are they one of the bigger problems we have in keeping the alliance together?
1: Well, I think they've been a problem for many years. You know, they uh, they, they, uh, they they are the ones who built uh, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, allowed this to happen, allowed the whole continent to be put on a uh, dependency relationship for their energy. They're the ones that didn't want nuclear uh, and they don't want hydrocarbons. They want to do it with wind and solar and algae. That doesn't work in the short term. And everybody right. has now found out. Uh, now, we do have in the new chancellor, he's promised uh, to to meet the commitment they made in 2014 that they haven't met about defense spending. I I hope that's true. Uh, But uh, so we should applaud the reaffirmation that they'll really get serious. But I'll applaud it more when we see the color of their money.
0: Last question. We've got about a minute left. Uh, Where does Putin go next? What should be watching to do? He seems like he's got the classic circlement uh, siege mentality going on. Uh, What are the next moves that we should be watching
1: for? Yeah, I don't think there's a prospect of a diplomatic resolution in the near term. I think the performance of the Russian military is so bad that reputational damage is so extensive. Putin has got to do something. Uh, to get to a point where he can claim victory. He can claim that he has accomplished his aims. Now, I don't know what that's going to be, and I fear it's going to cause a lot more destruction. But it's only when he gets to that point, and I think we're weeks away. I hope it's not months away. We're certainly weeks away. So the the near term is just more grinding down of the Ukrainians, and uh, it's, it's going to be a tragedy to watch, I'm afraid. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And are you surprised by the lack of capability that the Russian military has shown?
1: Well, this this is amazing for all the efforts that uh, Putin and many of his advisors have said they were making over the last two decades to modernize the uh, the combat arms and, and, and to make them more effective. If this is the best they can do, it, it's really something. And that, that's why Putin loses his regime if he doesn't redeem this reputation in the near term. And I think that's one reason he's actually secure in office because the rest of his team has got to redeem that reputation too, or they're yeah. going to be gone as well. going to be as
0: well. Wow. Well, Mr. Ambassador, it is always an honor to have you on. We always learn a lot, and we look forward to hearing from you again real soon.
1: I'd look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir.
0: Have a good day. You too. All right, folks, we'll be right back after the commercial break with more of the show. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of Triple Lock Home Title Protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. At this moment, a very special guest joining us. He's currently the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee. And when he was its chairman, he shepherded through one of the most important pieces of legislation in the last quarter century. The tra- uh, Trump tax cuts. Joining us right now, Congressman Kevin Brady from the great state of Texas. Congress, great to, uh, Congressman, great to have you on.
3: No, John, thanks for having me.
0: It's an honor. You have been a voice of reason in the middle of this Russian-Ukraine war, and you were leading the charge to get our president to do what a lot of people think was obvious, but it wasn't obvious to him, and that was to uh, get Russian oil out of this market, get American oil going. He's halfway there. Why did it take him so long?
3: Yeah, I, I really don't know. In fact, he fought this tooth and nail throughout the weekend, even into Monday. But once you realized Republicans, Democrats in Congress had come together on an agreement to do two key things: ban immediate ban on purchases of Russian energy, but also, you know, suspending the special trade um, provisions we have with Russia because that would have uh, targeted the the other half of what Russia sells into America. The president did uh, accept the Russian uh, ban on oil, gas, and to some degree coal, but he insisted on taking out really the economic sanctions against uh, uh, on the rest of uh, Russia's products. And so, you know, I think it was a weaker approach than should have been done. But here's the good news. Uh, Chairman Richie Neal, who leads the Ways and Means Committee, I and Speaker Pelosi had a discussion last night on the House floor. Uh, We believe we have overwhelming support for ending what we call suspending normal trade relations with Russia, and targeting what they're selling into the U.S. And so I expect right now we're going to work toward an agreement and a bill to bring to the House for next week. So, you know, we'll work for the weekend again to see Boy, if we Boy, that is get some it. big news. Yeah, yeah. It really is because, look, you, you can't leave half of what they sell. Russia sells to us. And we don't really, frankly, why are we fine? Russian diamonds and vodka, you know, all of those revenues go to finance this war indirectly and sometimes directly we shouldn't be a party to that
0: yeah it makes no sense to be the piggy bank for russia's war it makes none whatsoever why do you think and i mean yeah i know i'm actually getting the head but i think there's a stylism it seems like uh, joe biden is much more like the eu leaders that wants peace to appeasement he's afraid of conflict afraid of showing strength why do we have to press the press? I mean, you guys in Congress, you, there, there was going to be a bipartisan bill to impose the oil ban if he didn't get there, right? You were that close, weren't you? Yeah,
3: no, no, no. We, we had plenty of support. Yeah.
0: Why is he afraid to take steps that most any other American president would have taken? You
3: know, it's it's a, it's a little bit embarrassing, I think, because he, he almost has to be shamed into taking steps. And Really, it's only been because the courage of President Zelensky and the Ukrainians you know, yeah. it's really kind of shamed him into taking stronger actions. And, and in some ways, you know, Canada's action a few days ago to both ban a uh, Russian oil and to suspend that favorable trade relations. Canada's already moved forward. This President Zelensky's begging the U.S. and the West to do this. And really, it took Congress's, uh, Congress to force his hand. I don't understand, you know, his reluctance. To be strong both both on the sanctions but as we know sanctions won't stop those bullets or those missiles that's right Uh, and so you need that lethal aid i was really disappointed and disheartened to hear that the military turned down poland's offer to to find a way to get those mig fighter jets into the ukraine it's not a perfect answer but you know it, it gives ukraine hope and certainly helps the west you know try to stop this invasion
0: yeah, it's a, it was an embarrassing moment, too, because Poland was left out hanging out there for like 24 hours. Um, it doesn't seem like his diplomatic team has real grasp. This is a guy that came and said, oh, we're going to make all the relationships better. But from the you know the cancellation of the French submarine deal yeah. to this, it seems like uh, there's almost no communication with our allies. They're constantly left hanging in the wind with this guy. Um Crazy moment. I want, I want to step away from the war for just a second and talk about the new inflation report. 7.9% now, um, and there's a, a, billion, a trillion and a half dollars more money that the Democrats are throwing on the fire. Uh, what's your concern about the moment we find ourselves in this, in this yeah, economy? So
3: today, this was more bad news for workers. This marks a full year of raging inflation under President Biden, and these new numbers, as scary as they are, they wipe out three years of wage gains for families. And now small businesses, inflation has risen to their number one uh, worry. But what I noted, the inflation rate seems to be accelerating. So right now it's at an annualized rate of 10%, so double digit already this year. That's an acceleration over the last half a year. The other thing I noticed is that real wages, like really the gains or the losses you're making as a family, that's fallen more this year than since America began recording that data. That is awfully bad news for families who are just trying to get ahead. And I saw nothing in the State of the Union that will have any positive impact on, on rain and inflation.
0: Yeah, in fact, I think the president was sort of saying, prepare for harder times ahead. It's as though he, uh, he wants things to get uh, worse. Uh, we're not running in place. We're running backwards if you're an everyday American. Yes, there- you are. Yeah. You
3: are. And, you know, he's blaming everyone. And my point today is, I, I you know, who's he going to re- blame for this month's report? Major League <laughs> Baseball? I mean, really. It's just, it it's has gotten ridiculous. insane, hasn't it? Yeah. And today, blame Putin again. But that, uh, all this inflation has occurred before. Ukraine. I I don't think, uh, John, that that the American
0: people are buying this. No, no, I think not. You can see it in the uh, ratings. You can see it in the preference for Republicans to take control for Congress. What is it important? I know you're not up for re-election. You're going to step away, but you've won many great elections. You've managed the Republican message for a long time on the economy and on common sense tax and and reform. Uh, What do Republicans need to do to close the deal? What message do they need to bring to the American people?
3: Yeah, so one thing we we know is we're not just counting on the president's huge (laughs) unpopularity and then just how the Democrat Congress has been disconnected from real people. We know we have to have agenda. I know in the House, Leader McCarthy is leading a conference effort that I'm part of as well, uh, putting our commitment to America, sort of our contract for America in place and and, uh, working through it with them I will tell you, if the American people see what we have planned, you know, this is going to be a route in November because it is not the socialist agenda. It's very family, worker-oriented, so rebuilding this economy without raging inflation or tax hikes. It's about securing the border, being strong militarily. It's about tackling this crime wave that is scaring a lot of Americans. But it's also day-to-day things. I mean, you and I, as we use our phone and our tablets, you know, privacy, you know, and or the lack of it is just frightening for a lot of Americans. And so you're going to see an effort really to give Americans more control over their data and their privacy and issues like that. So I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Commitment to America, I think, is exactly what the country
0: needs. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an amazing moment. I want to ask you about yeah. one idea that I've been hearing banting about among members of Congress: uh, the idea that there could be a federal uh, uh, parents' right bill, something that empowers parents to have an upper yeah. hand in school and schools where some of this runaway bureaucracy has gone off yeah. the rails. Um, do you think that's something that could become part of the agenda, or is being discussed as part of the agenda?
3: It, it is exactly right. In fact, you've seen of this uh, uh, list of parents' rights offered by Republicans in the House, yep. you know, in opposition to some of the Democrats' sort of crazy socialist uh, ideas, and Democrats have rejected it, but, but this is real for parents, and as a parent, uh, my wife and I have two kids in our public schools that have just graduated. This is really important uh, uh, issue. They're, they're, they're safeguards. They're rights for us to be able to know what's being taught. Uh, to be able to to petition our school boards, uh, to be able to make sure the curriculums aren't biased. And I'll tell you the good schools, you know, are doing this already. But as we saw during this uh, pandemic, they were treating, you know, parents as second-class citizens and uh, basically telling you, you have no right to have a say in your child's education. Boy, they're, they're
0: just dead wrong. It is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yep. we saw what it did for Glenn Youngkin. I mean, people are rallying around the Youngkin agenda because since he got in, yeah. he's actually enacting what he said he was going to do. Parents are getting back in control, which is pretty remarkable.
3: Good. And John, I'll tell you, it, in Texas, I'd say our public schools, you know, as opposed to a lot of other states, yep. they reopened right away. They, they did. did. It the kids were back. Look, everyone worked hard. Teachers, parents, the ministry. It was not an easy thing to do. But what we Other than that month and a half right after COVID hit, you know, our our folks found a way to to get the kids back into learning. And I have one of those children who don't learn remotely, but man, you get them surrounded by their coaches, their ROTC instructors, their teachers, man, they blossom.
0: Yeah, that human interaction is so important. And Texas was Texas strong and Texas smart. It proves that, you know, I know a lot of times Republicans will throw up their hands and say, oh, you can't do anything with teachers. Texas proved you could do it. There's a way to make it happen.
3: Yeah, and our local teachers were all in. In fact, they still couldn't understand why other states and other schools were balking. (laughs) They found a way, and they were pretty proud of it, and they should be
0: pretty amazing it is Uh, there's a lot to learn from texas i think we've seen that the (laughs) the era of federalism uh, you've got a governor and an attorney general there that clearly have shown that uh exercising the founding fathers idea states rights should be first they've really pigeonholed uh the uh, biden administration with some huge court victories do you think this is a trend that's going to go across the country states exercising more power and trying to get the federal government out of their backyards
3: yeah, I sure hope so. I know I know, states, you know, they, they love when the money comes from Washington and hate when the strings come from Washington, but you have to understand they come together. You know what I mean? So the stronger you are economically at home, yep. the more freedom you have at home, the more choice people have in the states, the stronger those states are to be able to say, look, we don't need your help. You know, we just need the ability to stay out of our lives. Give us a chance to yeah to To have our families grow, and, and Texas is is I think a great example of it, and it's why I think the business climate is just so dynamic. John, it is it's crazy. It's funny. The economic, the economy down here, and yep. in in a good way.
0: So. No, it is. I was just down there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you can really sense it. And uh, people are proud and they're happy, and uh, that yep. they haven't suffered any of the silliness that so much of the Northeast and Midwest did under under different uh, philosophies. Uh, Last question for you, because you've had the biggest view of the government as Ways and Means Chairman. You know where all the money is, all the waste is. Do Republicans, if they get back control, finally start the big process of truly shrinking government? Because really, it's kept expanding for 20 years. Do you think there's a moment to shrink it down, get these deficits and debts down, and get to some sanity and the size of government?
3: Yeah, the short answer is yes, there is. Republicans have never... Given up the, the goal of not just a balanced budget, but starting to pay down the debt, getting right. financially in order. For our first, what we do know, we got a big hole to dig out of. That's not going to happen overnight, but we got to make real progress in doing that and show people how it can be done. Secondly, our goal has always been, you know, not just to shrink the government, but pay down the debt and expand the economic freedom. And you're going to see a concerted effort there. And some really, I think some, very smart ways to sort of get a handle on our entitlements that just grow automatically. They're driving so much of our spending, but there's some smart ways where you can actually get more money to the people who need it, but without the wasteful spending and just the automatic increases that just make
0: our budget so big. Uh, There's so many people rooting for that to to begin and Uh, uh, maybe just a few months away. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, sir, it is always an honor to have you on the, on the show and to, uh, to see the work you're doing. And we're going to be watching real closely that development of taking away the, yes, uh, the normal trade relations with Russia. I think a lot of people are going to smile when they hear that moment has arrived. Yeah, yeah. I think, too. John, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on, sir. We're going to miss you when you leave Washington. <laughs> thank you, sir. Let's do this some more. Ah, it's a deal. There, okay? Thank no you, thanks, sir. John. Much appreciated. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day.
2: Find love at first drive, and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: All right, folks, welcome back. Really enjoyed today's show. Two great interviews, two newsy people, two very substantive people in Kevin Brady and of course, Ambassador John Bolton. Tonight, join me on Just the News. We'll have more of the John Bolton interview there. We're gonna have Jay Burr, one of the most important people In the oil and gas industry He runs a company Panex in Kentucky One of the most important private owned companies Senator Mike Braun of the great state of Indiana I bet he has a lot to say About that $1.5 trillion spending bill That the Democrats rushed through the House Last night, late at night Members had no time to read The 2,000 plus pages of what was in there We want to talk to Senator Mike Braun about that And then Connor Boyack The author and co-producer of The incredible hot Series, The Tuttle Twins, you've all heard them. They're all on Just the News, Not Noise tonight. My show with Amanda Head on Real America's Voice at 6 p.m. Eastern on channel 219 on the Dish Network, channel 240 on the Pluto app on the Roku app, on the Real America's Voice app, or you can just download the Just the News app. Yeah, you may have forgotten we've got an app on Just the News and if you hit the watch button, you can see my show there at any time. Check that out. We're really excited about it. All right, before we go, I always want to mention the partners and sponsors and advertisers and strategic partners that we have at Just the News at John Solomon Reports at Just the News, Not Noise. One of them, because we're so lucky, they bring on one of their top analysts, Philip Patrick every month to talk about the economy. He's giving you some big scoops. You were way ahead on where this economy was heading, if you've been listening to Philip Patrick on his monthly hits here. But the Birch Gold Group, they are amazing, and they have a real opportunity. If you're seeing big declines in your 401k and your IRAs because the market has turned soft with this horrific situation of inflation, a slowing economy, a very serious war in Europe, well, you can go safe. You can go smart you can actually now under the law put a part of your retirement funds into a qualified or eligible 401k or IRA and invest in gold and silver which always holds its value in difficult economic times now to learn how to do that how to protect those savings those retirements with physical precious metals all you have to do text the word just news one word just news to the number 989898 that's easy to remember you text the number 989898 and put the words Just News in there. And the Birch Gold Group is going to send you a no-cost, no-obligation info kit, 20 pages. It is unbelievable. Comprehensive, smart. I didn't know you can invest in precious metals, gold, and silver in your retirement. I'm on the process of switching some of mine over because it's the right thing to do. It's a smart thing to do in a market like this, a bear stock market or bear NASDAQ, at least as we've seen. So, if you want to get in on this, this is the time to do it. Text the word just news to 989898 right now to get that free info kit from Birch Gold. You can start learning right now. And of course, message and data rates may apply for that. But it's a great opportunity. And we're going to have Philip Patrick on soon on both the TV and radio shows again because this economy gets more perplexing every day. 7.9% inflation rate in the month of February. What a barn burner, the worst in four decades. And at the beginning of this year, inflation is accelerating at a 10% rate. Does that scare you? You know why it does? It does me. Because your grocery prices, your service prices, your gas prices, your heating prices, your electricity prices, they're all going up. And 10% is a lot faster than what anyone's wage growth is going up. As Congressman Kevin Brady talked about, the real wages of America are going down at historic levels. That's why you should take a look at the Birch Gold Group and text Just News to 989898 and get that booklet. All right, folks, thank you for joining. Tune into the TV show tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with another great show. It'll be Friday. We'll let our hair down a little bit, have a little bit of fun tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.